Have you ever heard in church somebody comes along and says, oh, you're suffering from mental health? Have you tried praying harder? What would be the part of, uh, you know, Job's friends had they done it well for somebody who is suffering from a situation like Job's of, of complex trauma? The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name's Luke, I'm at the table with Ben, Dave and Dr. Dan is back with us Hello. for another episode. Hello. 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 Ah, so have you guys been enjoying the series so far? I have. Not fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been really good, really informative. Mm. I, I, to be honest, I felt like it's been very personally helpful like as yeah. in I, I see some of the, the elements that the people have dealt with and I think oh you know I can relate to that and so mm-hmm. you know I, I can utilize that in my own experience so I, I felt it was helpful right I think it makes I think Dave in one of the episodes mentioned that it makes Bible characters or you I don't know uh, relatable yeah mm-hmm. it, it uh, makes them grounded to where we are yeah more yeah. human more human because mm. often we look at them in a very idolized way Mm. And um, this this kind of makes them, like you said, more relatable, more human, and yeah, it's it, it, because it's good to remember they were people just like us that mm-hmm. um, God took and did amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know that uh, it's probably been a long time since I've thought this way, but um, I think it's certainly a popular thought in in Christianity. And I've mentioned this in an earlier episode, but that. It, for people, if people do struggle with mental health issues, then somehow it disqualifies them from service mm. in, in some way, you know, in, mm. in God's service. Whereas what we're seeing here is not only does it not disqualify people, almost every case in scripture that we can see, you, there is something, right? That mm. Even though it may not be the same for every person and some are, have been more affected than others, in ge- generally speaking, every character you find has had some negative experience which has affected their mental health, even if it's just for a season, mm. but it's something that's almost universal. Yeah. So. Well, have you ever heard in church somebody comes along and says, oh, you're suffering from mental health? Have you tried praying harder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sadly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't say that for a broken leg, though. No, you know, no. Have like, oh, tried walking on that? Uh, <laughs> I'm sh- well, praying's not harmful or anything. Not at all. In fact, it's quite beneficial. Mm. Beneficial, <laughs> but um, it's not the only thing you should be doing. Mm. I mean, it, it, like you said, if you broke your leg, you would go to a hospital and get um, somebody to see to it. Yeah. Why shouldn't we do the same things when we suffer from um, mental illness? Yeah. Yeah. True. So we've sold. Mm. <laughs> like we've like we've got to preach it to you. Mm. Uh, so for those who who don't know, Dan obviously is a psychologist. That that's sort of the premise mm. of the series that we've been working on, and uh, you know he's shared a bit about his story in in previous episodes. But the the topic that we're going to be focusing on for this particular one, this particular episode, we're looking at the story of Job. Mm. So. Uh, and I'm keen to look at this because I think a lot of people, I was saying before we started recording, I think a lot of people relate to Job's story. Mm. And so I think it'll be, it'll be a very relatable conversation for a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> so where do we start? Uh, can I just say something that just caught my attention because I'll forget. Um, I, I, I wonder how many of us who do relate to the story of Job actually can relate to the story of Job. In terms of, uh, you know, like, um, we feel like, ah, poor me, but... Um, but it's never on that scale, right? Not on that scale, and I don't know, this is just my personal uh, experience, and it might sound a bit cruel, but it's my experience, so mm-hmm. it is what it is. That a lot of the times, my suffering comes from my own doing, <laughs> and this is what makes Job's mm. life storyline different, mm-hmm. right? When we are honest to ourselves, like, ah, but you know... <laughs> mm. Do you have to be there? Yeah. <laughs> and this guy is totally... Uh, yeah, it, it takes away all the potential of possibilities, at least that I see in my life and in my suffering. Mm-hmm. At large. Mm-hmm. At large. Um, so, yeah. So, where do we start okay. with Job? I guess we start at the beginning. So, what what do we know? What's the earliest thing we know about Job? 
He was a good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not it's not expressed directly, but we can infer from the text, or at least a lot of theologians ha- have suggested that the the time span that we're looking at here mm. is in the patriarchal period. So we're, yeah. we're we're contemporary to Abraham. It's in it's in that field of time that we're working with. So it's very early, comparatively early in Earth's history. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But but part of a different uh, lineage, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. To that of Abraham. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he obviously, and I think that tells us a little bit about who he is. He is from the patriarchal era, mm. and he was a patriarch himself. Mm. So for you to be a patriarch, you had to be a person of, a renowned person. Mm. You had to be somebody of with a name, with a status, uh, with wealth. Mm-hmm. He was extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. He was healthy. Mm. And that's, a, that's an important element to, to yeah. know, I guess, because of the storyline. Um, but above all things, and that's what I was talking about, you know, do I relate to some of the things that he's going through? Uh, it gives me some hope, mm. right? But he, the Bible describes him as a, as a perfect guy. Mm. Yeah. That's a pretty high claim. Yep. It is indeed. Mm. Uh, a perfect guy in the sight of God. Mm. Um, do you think? <laughs> oh, I was just thinking what, maybe we could read the first three verses which sort of yeah. summarize what you were just saying. Uh, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him and his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 yoke of oxen, 500 uh, female donkeys and a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Mm-hmm. That's quite quite a, uh, a CV, isn't it, mm-hmm. that Job's got there? Yeah. yeah. Not only was he blameless and upright, feared God and shunned evil, but he was, as you said, extremely wealthy and well-known well in his area. Yeah. That on its own, different episode, no mental health, but um, it tells us that you can be good with God and be wealthy mm-hmm. as compared mm-hmm. to Daniel, which I told you, you know, I think God doesn't give me that extreme wealth because I probably go messed up. But he was faithful. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was, he was yeah. like right as spot on. Which mm. tells you, and, and this is no criticism of you, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. it tells you about the character of the man, right? 100%. Because yeah. if you're the kind of person that can manage mon- money wisely, you're a pretty pretty decent kind of person, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not pervasive. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that will come into the picture here. But uh, when you jump to, to verse 8 of the same chapter, mm-hmm. when Satan and, and, and God are dialoguing, yeah, God describes him as, again, perfect. There is none on the earth, a perfect and a right man mm. who fears God and, achieve, and you know, avoids the evil. Evil, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's who he is. We don't know any more about him. Mm. We could argue, we could uh, we could make up things. Like he had a good childhood and he was great, great parents. Or we could say, you know, he had such a bad thing and then he got a conversion experience and now he's with God. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Right. We don't know. And that's what that's the interesting thing, you know, because we know that everything is going for him. Yeah. And he's doing the right thing. Yeah. That's all we know. Mm. And so uh, we'll I like to jump and this morning mm. gonna bring a gap because how come then he comes to this point where he says something like, uh, I wanna die. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Why?" Uh, this is this is in chapter chapter three, verse eleven. It says, "Why did I not from the womb? Why did I not give out the ghost when I came out of the my of the belly? Mm-hmm. Why did I not? Why did I have to go through all these fifty, sixty? I don't know how old he was, probably of age. Mm. Uh, why did I? Why did I not die from yeah. all these years of waste? Yeah." It would have been better if I hadn't been born, he says somewhere else. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> and yes, that's, yeah. that's the point. He said it not just once. He yeah. said it very, at various times. Mm-hmm. I just... So I ha- how do you go from that, like you're saying, how do you go question. from that level of security and, and everything going for you to the place where you're like, oh, I wish I didn't even exist? Yeah. 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 So what's the story? <laughs> <laughs> I well, can tell you what the story is. You can diagnose. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah, go ahead. So what, what, we know he lost everything. Yes. So he yes. lost what? Um, it, all of his temporal goods, right? All of his wealth. And on top of that, he lost his family. He, he lost his children and even the support of his wife in the end. Yeah. So, and and, yeah. I, I was just going to say, and you know, the worst thing was mm. the messengers that told him with each loss 
they had arrived before the last messenger had even finished one speaking. Yeah. One after another. It's not just a case of one, I get a chance to process. Two, one, two, three, right after another, no chance to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, if I believed in luck, I would say, what about luck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think maybe it would be relevant to, for the sake of those who are not familiar with this story to just quickly brush into the fact that there was this dialogue in heaven. Yeah. And this is not a mental health part, but there was this dialogue in heaven, although it could bring benefits to people's mental uh, well-being. Mm-hmm. Where, where the devil is talking to God, uh, he comes and he squeezes through a, in a meeting, a council, uh, whatever you want to call it, a board meeting, mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, there is my, there is my, uh, wh- where are you coming from, Satan? Says mm-hmm. God, and well, I'm coming from going around the earth. But it, the, the story goes in such a way that it's almost as if he's cocky. He's like, he's, uh, he, look, I have dominion over the earth and everybody kind of like falls for me. Mm-hmm. And God says, and this is how we know the story might be like mm-hmm. that. He says, oh, have you considered this guy? And that's when he said he's perfect, he's righteous, he, does, he avoids evil. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, but that's because he's got everything. Yeah. And then he takes everything from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's an important thing to consider when we think about God. Because mm-hmm. it is not God who is doing the evil, mm. right? That's just the spiritual aspect. Mm. Um, but going back to what you were saying, Ben, you're right. I, I love how you said. You said he didn't have time to process mm-hmm. what's going on, all the news, bad after the other, after the other. Um, and and an important part to to remember, to to be specific for those who might not know the story fully, is. He didn't lose his children to a family fallout. Mm. It's not an interpersonal relational issue. That's mm-hmm. that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. It was death. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all the children are in this party, in this barbecue here in Australia, and all of a sudden, the I don't know, they in the park, that mm-hmm. big thing or yeah, whatever yeah, falls, the tree on falls them over and dies. The barbecue and they were gone. Every single one in line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And the animals, the possessions, which in this case, you know, the equivalent to all his Ferraris, all of his camels were gone, all of his horses were gone. I don't know, whatever he had. And his servants also kind of like died. Only I escaped to tell mm. you. Mm-hmm. That brings something, that, uh, grief and loss. It's, mm. the, it's, the, it's the key factor here. Mm. Grief and loss. Now, for Job, it, w- it was beyond grief and loss. I believe in the first episode that we released in, in this series with the life of David, mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned about trauma and, and PTSD. But Well, I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned the word PTSD, the, the, the syllables. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Actually, that is very significant in this case. Mm-hmm. Post-traumatic stress disorder is when something suddenly happened, when somebody dies or has been threatened to, be, to die, either yourself or somebody who you loved. Mm. So these guys like, oh, look, imagine the trauma. Everybody and everything died, mm-hmm. but especially your children. Mm-hmm. For those of us who have here f- children, I think Luke and you, yeah. uh, you guys don't have any, are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but you have family members, even if mm-hmm. you were family members, you say, hey, say you, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your auntie, your uncle, everybody dies. Like, what? Mm. So it's a big shock to the system. There's mm-hmm. something that happened. There is this release of these stress hormones, mm-hmm. cortisol, adrenaline, at the very least. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard to imagine uh, the impact that it will have on this guy. The amazing thing with Job is that he was a resilient man. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he was was okay. (laughs) (laughs) As okay as you're going to get, I guess. So he goes into, obviously, a period of mourning, but his faith remains the same. Um, mm. So that, that's amazing. It yeah. is incredible, and that, that's the reason why I was saying I don't know if my suffering can compare to Job. He yeah, perfect. And then he goes through this, and he's like, "Even though Strong. you slay me, I will serve the Lord." Uh, and and he 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 is. Yeah. And so Satan comes back and said like the same storyline, and he's like, "Are you considering my servant Job?" And then what happens next? Oh, he, he the only thing he had at this point was his health, yeah. and he get and then Satan gets permission to take that from him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's like he's goading God, like baiting God further, isn't it? So sort of like, well, you know what? He may not have have rejected you right now, but that's only because he's still got his health, right? Give and it like, time. Yeah, give it time. Let, let me let me have access, right? Yeah, yeah. I love how um, God 
uh, in his response, uh, it says at the end of verse, where am I? Verse three of chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, still, he holds fast. This is after um, God has afflicted Job with the loss of his family and his goods. Um, uh, still, he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause, mm. uh, which is what you were saying there yeah. before, Dan. Like when often in our lives, when we experience trouble, mm. uh, it is uh, incited with cause, <laughs> yeah. and usually we are that cause. Um, but with Job, it was it was without cause, and yet he responded with faithfulness, which is what he you guys did. were just saying. But I love the the way that's phrased there. and and then so. So he's in this point when he's suffering. He's kind of like dying, but not dying. Yeah, mm. just yeah. suffering. <laughs> he's in agony, yeah. but not dying. Yeah. yeah, you can understand wanting to die, right? Yeah, in yeah. that yeah. scenario. And, and then his wife leaves him. Mm. He's like, hey, you know, just curse God and die. Yeah, why? Why are you still worshiping God? Makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, and we do see elements of Job's faith uh, being challenged in some level. Mm. And I think that's important to remember, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like he was just perfectly just fine. There's an element of of of, of a challenge to his faith. But before we see that, there's these guys who come, his friends. Mm. And I love uh, this passage because they come well-intended. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's dialogues that go back and forth, back and forth. But uh, when I think about this aspect of who Job was, that tells a little bit more about who Job was as well, mm. which is in chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 and 5. Uh, but the, verse 3 says, "Be uh, Look, uh, you have instructed many, and you have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was falling, and you have strengthened the feeble knees. Mm. But now it's come upon you, <laughs> and, and you are fainting, and, and, and it touches you, and you are troubled. So... I don't know. I think I mentioned this when we were doing a bit of prep for this thing, but do you remember what I said? Like in my mind, this brings a little bit more light of who Job Job was. Yeah. Mm. He, he was a helping guy. Mm. And obviously in my notes, and you see my Bible here, I put here in my, in my mm. margin, this is a psych- he was a psychologist. <laughs> yeah. He was a counselor of some kind mm. to the people. Mm. And he's like, you know, you're helping the weary, you're helping the need, the needyful, you you're helping the one who is who who needs strength. Mm-hmm. But then they make a leap of logic, right? Right after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? Well, they say you you've done all these good things, but now something bad's happening, and so therefore, that must mean that you're that you've done something really bad, and and God's punishing you for it. Yes, yeah. yes. So th- there is this idea that, um, uh, and I think that's. That's potentially a cultural thing, and that, mm. that culture kept on being through the time of the Jewish nation. When you mm. look at it, sure. I mean, what are the three things that if you if you were not right with God, you didn't have the three main things. I mean, for you to be favored with God, you had to be a Jew, you had to be healthy and wealthy. Mm-hmm. If you were none of those, mm-hmm. you, something is going on. You haven't made it there yet, mm-hmm. and so Job was. But then maybe he must have seen terribly mm. to the point that this huge, massive thing mm. came yeah. upon you. Yeah, I was just thinking the um, the story of Jesus and the the blind man, mm-hmm. who who sinned, him or or his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, like that was the only option, right? Yeah, it was the only option. Somebody here had to have sinned, and mm-hmm. yeah, you, like you're saying, his um, Job's friends have come over and says, "Well, only evil people suffer." So, yeah. what have you done? Was it you? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can, can I just go, um, just jump back to what you were saying there, Dan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting to notice that, um, so you mentioned that this was, you know, the Jewish uh, nation, they thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, the people mm-hmm. that are counseling Job here, I, I don't think we, we can say that they're Jewish. No, it's um, Eastern yeah, society. Yeah. So, so I think what we can draw from that is that this is a human problem to have mm. this misunderstanding hey. of who God is. Good problem. Um, yeah. yeah and, and so that, mm-hmm. that we then, uh, I guess, assume mm-hmm. our, our natural assumption, I guess you could say, is that um, if we if we're suffering, it must be our fault? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, don't we still have that ideal today? Yes. I mean, yeah, in Christianity, you hear of the prosperity gospel. You know, you go do things, God will God will make you wealthy. But if you if you do bad, then you're just gonna you're gonna suffer. You're gonna be poor. Right. Well, so even though there that isn't the case. I mean, how many wealthy people do we see who do great evil? Mm. Yeah. 
so if that is true, then what we can draw from that, I think, is that that's one way we can relate to Job's uh, story uh, in that we, we have these same questions or these same misunderstandings that mm. we need to work through so that when we're suffering, uh, how do we feel about God? You know, mm. How do we relate to God? <laughs> do we, like Job's friends, uh, you know, make it out that, that it's God who's causing us? Well, and you know, mm. I say Job's friends, even Job. You know, yeah. he, he believed at this time that this was God's doing, right? I mean, that was pretty explicit in chapter 2. Uh, shall we uh, indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? Yeah. Um, so, so Job was attributing the suffering to God, uh, even though, as you pointed out, uh, there's this backstory, this dialogue that happened in heaven that Job was unaware of at, this, at the time. Um, and yet it said there in, in that verse that Job didn't sin, even, even with that misunderstanding, didn't mm. sin against God with his lips. Yeah. And even, for, even later on in, in chapter 13, in verse 15, it says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Speaking of his, Job's relationship to God, in his mind, God is still, doing this. Yeah, he's doing this. Though he slay me, like even though God has taken absolutely everything from me, I'm going to trust him anyway. Which mm-hmm. you know, is amazing. You know, it, yeah. it tells us what sin really is because I, I agree he didn't sin by thinking this about God but that mm. was a big misunderstanding of who God was yeah. mm. uh, it goes against everything that God is and so I like that I like that that that, pers- that uh, perspective of even though he was doing that he wasn't sinning mm. Mm. So he wasn't breaking any he wasn't being disobedient to God right. no. mm. uh, and yet we know that that was part uh, of his struggle as well right uh, and God eventually shows up. We'll come back to that in in, in a little bit uh, to try and set him right. Yeah. Try and fix this. Free him, you could say. Yeah, to try and 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 challenge this cognitive distortion that mm. he's having. This mm-hmm. this this idea of who God is, perhaps in some ways, uh, or the rights that God might have to do it. Mm-hmm. If and, and this is this is an interesting thing. Uh, would you and. I think I've listened to an episode when you guys talked about this, but uh, would you still say God if God wasn't who he is? Yeah. Mm. Right? And, and, and in my mind, I don't remember what you guys concluded. They have different people, different opinions. My opinion is that if he is God, the only one and only, it will make sense to serve him even if he were wicked because by definition, God is God. Mm-hmm. You can choose not to, but that's to your demise. Obviously, it will not be pleasant. The experience yeah. will be detrimental and our mental health will be in the drain. <laughs> because who likes to serve a tyrant god yeah. nobody yeah. Um, but anyhow um, I'd like to come back a little bit to this idea of that he was a counselor because mm. uh, if anybody is listening mm. to this who is a counselor or a yeah. psychologist mm. uh, his friends we have to remember his friends had good intention mm. and so he, they come to give him counsel and it's <laughs> very hopeful at the, at the first glance mm. Do, uh, do your friends sometimes come to give you counsel? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for <laughs> I hope yeah, we yeah, do absolutely. a better job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, absolutely. And that's what true friends are there for. So there, there's two things. One mm. thing is, let's imagine, let's put him in the light of he being the psychologist, right? Mm. And, the, and the friend is saying, hey, you know, now it's your turn. And I just want to think how many of us, even you don't have to have a professional title. Sure. How many of us, you know, we have positions where God has blessed us and appointed us and given us responsibility to counsel people, to bless people, to encourage people as parents to our children, to our family members even. And, and so sometimes we need to be on the other receiving side. Yeah. And, and that is an important mm-hmm. thing. Uh, this is not a criticism to the system. And I hope that whoever listens to this in Australia doesn't feel that I'm criticizing the profession. But I can think of uh, a system whereby we as professionals, this is talking now to the professional people here, mm. we receive some elements of guidance before we go out to help people. Mm. And, and I remember, you know, when I was doing my undergrad training in Mexico, it was recommended, not compulsory, for you to go and have therapy <laughs> before you give therapy. Yeah. Uh, mm. Right? And in the US, where I studied my doctorate, then you had to uh, have actual it was compulsory you had to have a certain amount of sessions given therapy and it, it's very humbling to be there and there's like i don't even know what i'm going to talk about like um i'm all right right <laughs> <laughs> and it's my blood you sitting there like well you know i'm here because i was made to uh, but i feel that i'm okay <laughs> uh and in my case it, it it i had to do it when i had already been practicing as a psychologist here because it's a different system mm. And so I was like, oh, it was humbling and I found it quite fruitful. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I just want to think of people out there who, whatever position you might have, it doesn't have to be professional, but position of helping somebody. Sometimes we need to receive counsel. Right. That's yeah. the one thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. If, you, if you're a counselor, take some time every now and then to be on the receiving end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And, and the other part is his friends, we already said, they came as well-meant people. Mm. Intention, the intentions were good. Yeah. yeah. And yet... <laughs> their advice wasn't. <laughs> well, it, it, it bef- yeah, yes. And their advice shows something. Uh-huh. The empathy and their their ability to be able to put... Ah, if, if your family all dies, do you really want to hear God is cursing you? No. 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 What they did... When I've left something out, at that like, you know, a camera or something like that, and the kids like accidentally knock it on the floor or whatever, the very first thing Sarah does is say, well, you shouldn't have put it there. <laughs> <laughs> and when she does it, like... Oh, the lens is cracked. <laughs> I know. And it's like, I, she's trying to be helpful. She's told me a number of times when similar things have happened, I'm just trying to be helpful. you know. And I'm like, if there's anything that I need at that point in time, it's that wasn't that. it. I, like, I know that I shouldn't have put it there. And you telling me that is not making me feel good about this. Yeah, absolutely. And if that happens like on a, such a small scale, how much more so in Job's case when one, it wasn't true. And two, it's, you know, the most mm. traumatic thing that you could yeah. possibly imagine was happening to anybody. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I like the motto that you guys have in, your, in, 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 in this program, which is, Podcast. What do you call it now? Podcast, video, podcast, blog, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still a podcast. It's still a podcast. Okay. There's just a video element. Cool. So. cool. Yeah. Um, that is conversations that we wish we could have in church or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, um, so I hope that this doesn't bring tension because I know there's tension in our churches today, in, in Christianity overall, about you know uh, COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I know it's all news now, but this is very similar to many things that I have heard uh, of well-meant people who actually think, you know, don't be anxious, don't be fearful. But they are saying that and they forget that there are people like there who for right or for wrong, for lie or for truth, they have family members who actually had COVID and died. Yeah. And it's hard for them. Mm. And it's there's this lack of empathy mm. that that tra- transfers in the messages that we deliver. And so we have to be more cautious, more careful that how do we cancel uh, in those positions of, of canceling of uh, as I mentioned, we all have that role. If we have a friend we will be canceling at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Incidental, in, incidental canceling. Yeah. So we have to be even more empathic. And that's where the attitude of these friends uh, started probably a little bit on the wrong foot because of their ideologies, their preconceived mm-hmm. ideas, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the way they saw the world, the way they saw God and all that kind of stuff. What do you think about the beginning though, when they, when they first arrived on the scene? Well, I thought it was very good. Yeah. When, when, when your friends come, like, you know... They just come and sit with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 do you need anything? What, what's going on? Right. I sit with you. They're still in, sitting in silence. Yeah. I think very solemn during yeah. the grieving process, mm-hmm. the ritual, whatever that might be, the ashes. And, and I think it was good. Mm. It, yep. it was the process after that that was <laughs> yeah. really tricky. Yeah. Uh, mm. To the point that there was this boy, and what does the boy say? Uh, you guys are messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I've been quiet all this time. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me tell you. And also he himself, he, everybody who canceled God, uh, job was, uh, didn't get it right. Yeah. Mm. Because they didn't see the behind the scenes. So I guess what that tells us, um, based on what you were just saying, is that uh, when, when we're trying to empathize with somebody, uh, the first step will be to sit with them, you know, in whatever way that is. Yep. Um, and then, but then we've got to be very careful <laughs> when we start to open our mouths, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. A- a- empathy on its own, it's uh, the usual way to define it is put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they quite literally did here to the degree that they were able to, you know, <laughs> they, c- they couldn't get the boils, but they, yeah. but they, like you said, they came and they ripped their clothes and they yeah, put that, that, dust on their heads and they sat on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, but did they really? I mean, the ritualistic. <laughs> Fair point. You know, I go to a funeral. I'm gonna dress in black. I'm there. I'm not crying because I don't have emotion, but I'll be with you in my shoulder. Yeah. But then when I had the opportunity, let me tell you why this happened. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I think that was the 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 that was the issue yeah. here, you know, and, and and that tells me something. And this is very hard because. 
empathy is something that sometimes depending on the mindset that we have and and, mm. and, and this could potentially bring something for us who might be trying to help our friends our family members their neighbors is if we are burnt out or if we don't have the capacity to do it we need to be mindful of and maybe move on instead of putting more affliction in the guy right mm. um and, and that is that is that is relevant and so some people are more empathic naturally than others mm-hmm. You don't have to feel it. Some people say like you have to feel it. Like sometimes like you don't feel it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I'm not the one there. I'm not the one who lost the person. But uh, if I were to, p- I can imagine if my wife was to be gone or my children were to die. Like that would be horrible. Mm. And I can imagine how empty and how shocked and how traumatized I would be if all of my thousands of children died. Mm. Uh, I mean, he had he had heaps. I don't remember how many. Yeah, yeah. Ten. Yeah. Ten? Was it ten? Okay, there you go. Yeah. To me, sons. that's thousands, man. Like two is like heaps. <laughs> <laughs> seven, seven sons, three daughters. But yeah, yeah okay. two, two even feels a lot, I guess. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. Mm. So, so we need to be mindful of our capacity and whether we have the ability to be able to, mm. you know, resonate with the suffering and, and try and try. We don't have to feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be there imagining, oh, that would be really difficult. If I imagine that, mm-hmm. that would be, that would be terrible. Uh, and when we deliver him, whatever, like if, if, if they were to be saying, Hey, you know, imagine if that were to you and you're telling that you, you must be sinning because of whatever mm. God, the problem is that because we're not in the emotional state of mind, we're like, well, yeah, if I'm doing that, you should tell me that I'm wrong yeah. with God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's easier said than not. Right. So I think this is a good example biblically that tells us that there is more behind the scenes that we need to be more prudent, mm-hmm. uh, wise, perhaps, uh, to be to to when we deliver the support we give to the people we care for. Mm. So, I was going to say, um, would would you say it would have been better for them to sit there and actually listen? To um to him instead of just you know offering their ill-informed advice. Uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, th- I think the, if I remember well the story, the image is that everybody's silent until somebody breaks it. But it wasn't job, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Or yeah. was it job? I think it wasn't. I don't remember. No, it <laughs> says in verse uh, chapter three, verse one. After this, Job opened his mouth and ah, well, cursed the day of his birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did break the silence. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. they could, yes, 100%. So given the storyline, we should have studied that probably better. But <laughs> 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 given the story, yeah. So Job is talking, like, well, listen to the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and after he finishes, what do you say? Like, simple, <laughs> I can imagine how hard it will be. It will be sufficient. <laughs> um, but instead, it was kind of funny because Job's like cursing the day he died, uh, that he was born, and they're like, yeah. So should you? That's not yeah. what I. Heard. That's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> they, there is a lot of lackings in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose. I just, and, I just wanted to just pause on what you said there. Yeah. I thought that was really, really profound, and really important that we just stop and acknowledge that. That you said that if we don't have the capacity in our current situation, like if we're burnt out, or we just don't have the empathy for that situation, sometimes it's better not to engage in that that mm-hmm. counselling for that person. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really important because sometimes, especially if you're a Christian, sometimes you feel like it's your duty to be mm-hmm. there for somebody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But but you might not be that person, right? And Correct. sometimes if we try to be that person, we're taking somebody else's place right mm-hmm. somebody else who would be better equipped could have taken that role mm-hmm. uh, but we've stepped in instead of them so i think that yeah i just wanted to but it's hard because i really when, appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah well obviously i i agree i think that's a great point speaking as one of the people who feels the compulsion to be there for other people you know mm-hmm. when that's when you consider that it's a part of your identity to be the person that's doing that, boy, that's hard, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very difficult because, you know, then you're thinking, well, what if other people don't pick up the slack? You know, what, you know, what if all, all these sort of things? Yeah, but that's God's business. Yeah, I know, right? It's, Trust I'm, him, I'm just, I guess I'm just calling out that that's not an easy <laughs> thing to do. It sounds easy, but it's not that easy. Yeah, it's I have no empathy for you whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm joking. Yes. But you can just listen. <laughs> yeah. Just listen, I was like, oh, bite your tongue. Yeah, uh, no, I hear, I hear what you're saying. The other thing is, um, this is more into the, uh, there is this perception, and I think it's not necessarily wrong, that mostly guys, we men, when I was talking, four guys here talking together mm. about this 
literally a scene of men talking together. Yeah. Uh, we're fixers. Mm-hmm. We're doers, we fixers. So let me give you the solution to the problem. You're wrong <laughs> with God. Repent, oh, yep. <laughs> die maybe, but then yourself, maybe God will let you die then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're asking for death, but at least you repent. Easy at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he will heal you. I don't know. You're ever the worst of it. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you guys seen this? Um, there's a YouTube video called uh, It's Not the Nail. Have you watched the It's Not the Nail? No, I haven't seen it. No. Oh, I highly recommend you. Google it, YouTube. Uh, it's Not the Nail or something like that. Yeah. Uh, nail as in N-A-I-L? N-A-I-L. Okay. Nail. I'll describe it. It might take away the fun and I might spoiler alert for those. It's a very short comedy analogy of there's this lady who has a nail on her forehead and there's this guy and the lady's like... I just need to tell you that I don't know why, but I've been having this pressure on my forehead <laughs> and she literally has a physical nail in there. He's like, Oh, you know, there is this. He's like, don't start trying to fix the issue. And the guy's like, Oh, okay. Ah, but it's like, it makes my thoughts very cloudy. And it's like, let me tell you, can you please listen one for once? I'm like, okay, fine. He's listening. And then she goes on and on about her headaches. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, that must be really hard for you. And the guy's like, okay. And then the lady's like, ah, oh, you're just so nice and listen to me or something around those lines. And they, mm. they're going to hug each other or kiss each other. And he bumps on the nail. And she's like, oh. And he's like, oh, can you just let me tell you it's the nail? And so sometimes we have so much eagerness to fix it. Mm. Uh, and sometimes we might be right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But at the time, maybe let's imagine that job was wicked. Yeah. But at the time, does he did he really need it? Yeah, mm. and that's the other part. Yeah. In in this, we have a view of what he didn't need because we know he wasn't at fault. Mm. But if he had been at fault, even then he didn't need that. Mm. Not at that time, not then. There will be a time and place for everything. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. So anyhow, but that's the friend. Now we go back to Job and his yeah. uh, his, his hopelessness. Mm. Um, it's would you yeah. would you say that he would be clinically depressed, or do you think it was just situational based on the, the trauma that he'd gone through? I would say he is being traumatized complexly. It's what we call complex trauma. Yeah. When you have one trauma after the other, he's got financial loss, emotional loss, uh, the loss of health mm-hmm. uh, in function, functional mm-hmm. uh, physical function. So th- that's what we would call complex trauma, especially when you mentioned Ben, like one after the other. The health came after, but it wasn't sh- long after, we yeah. would assume. So um, complex trauma mm-hmm. and trauma PTSD. Mm-hmm. And that uh, the symptoms with depression are similar, but they are not all the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that definitely they, the one doesn't preclude the other. You can have both as well. Mm-hmm. You can have both. Um, so he is definitely going through that process when he's hopeless and helpless. He, he's half hopeless. Hopeless in the sense that hopeless in the here and the now. Mm-hmm. This is not going to get any better, so please let me die. Kill mm-hmm. me now. Please, mm-hmm. can you let me go? Yeah. Uh, but we know that very well known verse, but I know that my Redeemer liveth, and I know that he, I will see him in mm. the day of his appearing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the appearing I made up. But you know, that's the verse. Yeah. And so he still has the hope for the future, and that's a key factor. So there's this, um, again, an ambivalence, and that's what happens with mental health uh, illnesses. Remember I mentioned in previous episodes that it's the lack of control that makes it hard. Mm-hmm. When we cease to have control over something. He, he had no control over this situation. Yeah. And that's what makes it so hard. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, all of these rushes of chemicals, emotions, traumas, memories, mm-hmm. flashbacks come to play a role into the person's life. And so that control makes it hard to move on. Uh, so when when somebody finds themselves like you know obviously I don't think many people would find themselves truly in the same position as Job but let's say somebody finds themselves in a position where they are out of control they can't stop the the sickness that's that's hurting a loved one they can't stop the 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 trauma that's going on in their life whatever it may be how how can like for people that are going through that what can be done to limit the effect of it good question so there is a lot of things that can be done therapeutically today in today's scientific ways for, for trauma. Uh, we go by treating symptoms in that case, you know, like flashbacks, lack of sleep, uh, con- constant ruminating thoughts. Um, but if I were to think about the situation of job, uh, we, we think about this. I mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy before, and that's a very sound therapy for this. The problem with job is that the therapy will be 
uh, limited to the fact that the evidence shows that his life is horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. So, <laughs> so there's nothing that you can point to to say, oh, well, well. Look at the evidence of what God has done for you. Yeah. You know, like, well, I know I had animals and I have Lamborghinis and I have beautiful <laughs> children and grandchildren and everybody else in their families. They're all gone. Mm-hmm. So there is no evidence that God is, you know, looking after me. Mm-hmm. So that will limit the effects of this therapy compared to most of us who are, and that's the reason why this is a good example, because it's an extreme suffering. Mm-hmm. Most of us, we're suffering a lot, even today. Many people who are watching and listening to this are going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we could potentially think, hey, you know, what are the good things that you still have around? And we could, sometimes it's hard to see them because we're so emotionally meshing this tough time. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the therapy. You know, mm. all the counseling is, you know, let, let's find out some of those good things. Well, you woke up today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I hurt. Okay, but what happened today that wasn't too bad? Mm-hmm. Um, but for Job, everything was bad. Yeah. And that was what makes it hard. So there is another therapy that, uh, I don't know you heard of it. It's, it's ACT. It's called ac- uh, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. So ac- Acceptance and Commitment Therapy base, is based on the premise that you're going through a lot of hard traumatic experiences that can emotionally dysregulate you, making it hard for you to, to, uh, to process the, the emotion of the trauma. And, and let's go with the premise that it's not going to get better, mm-hmm. but what is it that I have right now? Mm-hmm. And just enjoy whatever you have left. Mm-hmm. Now, it's in, in the case of Job, enjoy whatever you have left, which is basically his, the breath of life. Yeah. Um, and, and just accept it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you'll miss whatever opportunities you have now. Yeah. Now, for most people, it's not the case of jobs. So when, when you think about, you know, people having significant um, physical illnesses, chronic conditions, uh, uh, loss of body functioning, what do I have still now that I can still enjoy? Well, I, I'm now in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can I do? I can go to the Olympics if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I had to put the effort on. But if we don't, we continue wailing and forgetting what we have now. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's something that can happen. Hey, what, what I still have here um, today. What Job, in my opinion, was going through is, again, this lack of control and the ambivalence between, I know that God is good. He, he never sinned. We already established that. But where is he now? I've been abandoned. Mm. I know you're good. I know you're righteous. I will see you one day again because at the moment you're probably so far away that I cannot even see you. Mm. Um, and that is when God shows up. So when we think about acceptance and commitment, the here and the now, that's, God did something like that. He's like, hey, you know, let me tell you a story about how the world came to happen. Mm. <laughs> let me tell you a story about behind the scenes. Uh, and, and it was effective because Job didn't say like, yes, Lord, uh, you're righteous and you're right and you do whatever you want. And that idea of, you know, maybe he was the one doing the wrongdoing, which mm. isn't. But even if you were, okay, you have, it's your prerogative. If you were to do that, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, accept it rather than wailing and whinging and complaining, it sounds very unempathic. <laughs> but obviously, the therapist delivers in a more gentle and kind way. But the premise is, hey, you know, don't miss the here and now. Uh, think about the future to something that could happen. And Job utilized that mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, I know my redeeming leaf and I want to die now because I'll see him later on. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that's 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 the premise. Mm-hmm. It's what we call um, mindful living, and I know mindful living in some Christian circles might be a little bit of a weird term, but it is about filling your mind with what you have right now that can be promising. And in the case of Job, it could be, hey, you know, the God, the mighty God, is still overseeing and controlling everything, even during your disease, because He put the stars, because He brought the angels, because He mm-hmm. brought that monster, the Leviathan, or the big massive beast, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, everything yeah. else. Uh, and that was part of his therapy. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very interesting therapy, very cognitively minded, but it's a different one to the one, the, the CBT thing. So, somewhat of a related question, but at what point do you think, that, you know, speaking in, in Job's case, let's say, at what point would it make sense if he was your patient? At what point would it make sense to seek treatment? Is it something like, you know, when people are going through complex trauma, is, is it a should he be letting the dust settle or should he be working on it as soon as possible or is it different for everyone? Uh, seeing at what point he should be seeking help? Yeah. Well, um, point that his friends were not helpful. Um, <laughs> I think that that's a very good question. I, I don't know how to answer that in the sense of the every, every situation is different. If I were mm. to think of a job, uh, the case at hand, 
a very clear indication the moment that he thought i want to die it's probably a good time <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> but probably when he come to that point it might have been a bit too late mm -hmm. uh, he that's when he opened his mouth after that silence i think that he had for a mm -hmm. little while so uh, meanwhile he was processing what was going on thinking about it maybe praying i don't know what was mm -hmm. going through his mind um but it is evident that he's just going in a down spiral. He's yeah. not feeling well. He's saying, okay, let's justify this. Let's mm -hmm. justify this. Yeah. Like, no, no, no reason whatsoever. Yep. Um, just let me die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just mm -hmm. give me a, you know, a mm -hmm. death line instead of a lifeline. Yeah. Uh, it, it is difficult. Yeah. So uh, this is the funny thing. You know how I mentioned that, you know, I was made to go to therapy yeah. because of my training and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't really think I needed therapy, but then even though I had to go and it was kind of like forced in, eventually I was like, well, you know, I'm going to do this. I better learn and I better be vulnerable. And <laughs> I have found, and obviously I'm here biased, but I found that even though at the time I didn't need any of such thing, I grew in many ways. I discovered things that I didn't reflect upon. Hmm. because that is that's the difference within a therapist or a psychotherapist versus a family friendly chat it, hmm. it, it's a structure it's systematic it's intended to be able to dig a little bit more into the things that might be hurtful mm -hmm. or that we don't we tend to hold back mm -hmm. because even with our friends we don't tell them about everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know every single detail of the darkest secrets of our minds mm -hmm. uh, nobody does but sometimes there is deliverance it's not about confession i'm talking about you know confess your seat to somebody mm -hmm. it's more about hey you know i've been afflicted by this and i didn't even know mm -hmm. or i knew but i don't want to tell anybody and i know you're not going to tell anybody else therefore let me tell you what do you think about it mm -hmm. and there's this freedom yeah mm -hmm. we tell god as well mm -hmm. you can tell god and there is something about relatedness mm -hmm. um that, that that takes place and that's the reason why i emphasize that aspect of job hey you know you've done it People are coming, they help you, you know, they've been feeble, they've been sick, they've been physically, they over, you're counseling, you're strengthening their faith, mm -hmm. and now it's your turn. Yeah. Now it's your turn. So, mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it sense does. In my Thank mind. you for answering <laughs> the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other thoughts? Any other questions? Well, anything else that you can think of? Oh, it's just, it's so complex. Um, I, I feel like there's so many different avenues we could go down with Job's suffering. Um, maybe maybe keeping it on the the um complex trauma mm -hmm. track is probably a good one though okay so um luke asked a question when would it be important to seek help uh you've also answered you know i guess in a sense to whom should you go mm -hmm. to seek help mm -hmm. uh, and maybe some of the ways in which uh that help might come mm -hmm. um what would be the part of uh you know job's friends had they done it well for somebody who is suffering from a situation like Joe's of, of complex trauma so what would be a way to help that person is that yeah okay so the process of uh, in, in his case there's a little grief and loss mm. so if i were to have somebody like a uh, job um as a patient mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that we work with trauma is think about the symptomatic aspects mm -hmm. and i think i mentioned that in one of the other episodes in the past but uh, with trauma comes lack of sleep okay yeah poor appetite depression has the same thing by the way mm. anxiety doesn't necessarily uh, so lack of sleep poor appetite lack of mobility or a bit or emotion you know emotion creates positive emotion ideally if done well uh, so all those things will be the first thing so we treat the symptoms mm -hmm. Uh, if there is flashbacks um, associated with that, um, that make you hypervigilant, traumatized, you need to deal with the symptomatic aspects. Mm -hmm. And and there is different treatments. There is something called EMDR. I mean, some people find that controversial. We're not going to get into that here. It's one of those evidence-based therapies. And then there is CBT. And I mentioned ACT. But... Um, uh, and when I say controversial, I mean it's in Christianity, mm -hmm. really. Uh, what does it stand for? EMDR. Oh, good question. We all call it EMDR. Um, I <laughs> movement desensitization something. Oh yes, yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. Those psychologists who are listening to this or who know about this, uh, I am sorry if I messed up that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have been training it, so therefore I, I, we all know it's EMDR, and we know that it's a therapy proven clinically for trauma. Okay. Anyhow. Uh, moving on, CBT is the one that I practice, and there's yeah. something called trauma-focused CBT. And part of the story is repeating the story. Mm. 
Okay. Which is an interesting thing. Yeah. He's re-traumatizing, but he helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're desensitized to your storyline that has been, and every time I remember, oh, when that guy came and told me, everybody's gone, and then he dropped it in front of me. Let's imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so hard. Yeah. So let's talk about the story. And then that's when the therapy comes. That's when the profession plays a role. Because it's a different, you're telling the story. What if, what if, for example, some of the things that could happen when you retell a traumatic story is dissociation, when you lost yourself. You, you are not there anymore. You're present, but you're not present. And it's right. not a spiritual thing. It's actually something that happens in the brain. What do you do if your friend does that? Yeah. That's when the, therapy, the therapists come. Uh, what if they break down into tears and it looks like cathartic? Oh, they're crying. That's cool. They're releasing everything, but they don't stop. Mm-hmm. And like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> what if they hyperventilate? They have a full-on panic attack and doesn't stop. So all those things. So there's techniques to bring you back from that state of emotion, rushing chemicals. So that's where the therapy plays a role. So, but uh, telling the story is part of it. Um, and then grief and loss. There's a stages of grief and loss. Uh, and, and the first thing to know is what the stages look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what. W- w- it brings a little bit of that back of that control. So, for example, one of the first stages is unbelief. Like when the servant comes, I can imagine, I truly can imagine yourself like, nah, mm. no, I cannot happen like that. Like everybody, mm. come on, seriously? Mm. Uh, so it's a shock. Mm. So shock plays a role and then denial. This, that's like, no. Nah. And then there is this idea of um, maybe some people get into uh, bargaining or acceptance and bargaining. Uh, where they say like, okay, God, uh, I give my life and you bring them back. Uh, and then there is guilt that people feel. And by the way, these stages uh, don't have to be sequential. Yes. You know? Some people jump yeah. from one or the other. Mm. They're like, nah, uh, if it's not going to happen like that, I'm going to be angry with God. I'm going to be angry with the world. I'm going to be angry with everybody. That's mm. Or guilt. If I only send that text message, they wouldn't have driven. And then mm. they wouldn't mm-hmm. have crashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they died last night. And I knew that I had to go and visit them in hospital because I knew that they were so sick. Why didn't I go? And then they come in the morning, they were gone in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So we start f- feeling guilty. Mm. And then there is anger. Mm. And then once we accept, okay, they're gone, that's when we kind of start working through, what are you going to do now? Two streams. There is many options, but there is two main streams. Resentment with something which brings which is funny because it cycles back to that anger mm. or forgiveness forgiveness to self sometimes yeah okay I didn't make it and they were in hospital and I have to forgive myself yeah maybe it wasn't your fault you didn't know you they couldn't mm. predict the future but having that deliverance of I had no control over that mm-hmm. or <laughs> I don't want to say this but I'll say it just for the sake of whatever that means but forgiving God <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no such a thing but so like, hey, yeah so like letting him off the hook for something yeah like mm-hmm. God like maybe re- re- returning back to what God did which is remembering who he truly yeah. is yeah. Mm-hmm. like you know it's not you I know it's not you it's mm. the devil yeah uh, which is funny you know every time something bad happens it's like God. Yeah, blame God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what yeah. about the devil? <laughs> like, mm. Anyhow, so um, so for, for anger, resentment, or forgiveness—that's that's the process of grief and loss, and that's also the same process that goes in relationships. You have fallout relationships, which is not what's happening here. Although it could happen with his wife, mm-hmm. his wife, they will be like, "Do I forgive this woman, yeah. or mm-hmm. do I just yeah. keep on grudging because you know she was nasty?" Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the process. It's at large. That's what. I personally will do as a therapist and there's more to that but that's, that's so fine. so as a friend uh, who's not necessarily a therapist are you saying then awareness of that that process of grief and loss it helps is helpful and then maybe sort of trying to like make your own assessment of where they might be and then trying to be em- empathic uh, at that stage yeah I mean re- yeah recognizing that you know sometimes the your friend pushing you back they don't want to see you is part of that process of shock isolation anger resentment depression yep. sadness mm-hmm. uh, being available it's probably a key factor you know knowing that he's not targeted. is there any is there any benefit to pushing back against that Sometimes, sometimes um, I have found it depends on the person, but sometimes, for example, with depression, you know, one of the things of depression is uh, for some people, if it's extremely severe, not not lack of self-care, you know, not sleeping well or sleeping too much, being in bed, closing the windows, not exercising, not eating, not showering even. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's like, okay, this is enough. Come on, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's beneficial and it depends on who it is, depends on how you take it. I have found in my practice that a lot of the times 
some of the things that we recommend in terms of homework because mm -hmm. every therapy in my opinion should have homework of what are you going to do after you leave this room mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's I, I hate to use this, but I'll do it for the sake of this. Common sense, because a lot of people use the common sense word. And the reason why I hate that is because common sense for me is not the same as yours. So mm -hmm. my common sense as a Mexican <laughs> could be different to yours as a full-on Australian or English or Scottish or whatever you want to be. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> or whatever you are, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people want to be all sorts of things, you know. But yeah, whatever you are. You so... Um, it's different, but common sense in the sense of uh, in the, with the idea that there's some very practical, simple to do things that we know could help somebody, like self-care. Like, oh, you know, if you actually shower, brush your hair, make it up and condition it, blow dry it, you might feel a little tiny bit better because you're going to look better today. Mm. Uh, it makes sense. Mm. But if what I have found, and this is where I was going, what I have found is that if somebody who we care for and cares for us says it, it can be as judgmental you don't understand me when i said i have it i i have it countless of times like literally mm. over the years like i said it and like yeah that makes sense because dr dan said that yeah yeah, yeah. but if, <laughs> the, if the, the brother the right? wife the husband the the sister the the the, the, the parent says it like yeah not taking it yeah so it depends right yeah. but it can help a hundred percent there is a benefit on health so, but i think one of the underlying things that i'm hearing you say is as friends one of the best things we can do is look at the practical things and, and help with the practical things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be available. Yeah. I will say, which is what, you know how we say the friends were, they started good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They were available. They yeah. left their, I will imagine these were wealthy people. They yeah. left their business because it's his job. Mm. They left their businesses, their, their, their lands, and then we're going to go with this guy. And, and it looks like they were there for a little while. Mm. So they started good. They were available. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and that's an important thing to do, yeah. you know? recognize when this goes beyond our skill like if the moment i see this guy talking about death they're like okay this is a lot mm. <laughs> let's help you to go somewhere mm -hmm. and sometimes that help might include hey i'll come with you mm -hmm. uh, uh i'll help you to make the appointment or mm -hmm. let's go and talk to the pastor to the elder to the sh gonna say the shaman but <laughs> <laughs> where did that come from some people <laughs> some people believe in this to the wise yeah. to, to the wise spiritual person of your society yeah. um maybe you should cut that off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyhow some people whatever to somebody yeah. who can help out yeah. um because this is beyond my scope uh and, and being there through that process will not only we know that it will make it more effective yeah. uh it will it will be it will be um it will make it actually real and not just, hey, you know, make an appointment with your GP and mm. let me know how it goes. I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. It never happens. Mm. So being through that process can help. You don't yeah. have to be the person. You don't have to be the job. You can be the help, the helpful, mm. uh, supportive individual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so does any, any of you guys have any other questions or Dan, is there anything else that you feel is unsaid? Probably. There's a lot of things about job that probably are not said, but I think that's the bottom mm -hmm. line. He it's one thing that I think will be maybe beneficial as we wrap up is his faith kept him going in some mm. ways, even though he wavers a little bit. It's like, oh, you know, God, you're gone. Mm. He still has faith because of that text that we know. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Mm. So he knows he's going to be redeemed. He's going to be restored. He's going to be... He's gonna be justice is gonna be made for the things that he know he has done, which he knows I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. So faith played an important part in his life, and I think, um, yeah, I like to encourage people who who hears and watches to think, what is my faith at the moment, even though I don't see clear where God is right now. Mm -hmm. um, Job did it, and he helped. Eventually, God showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we all can see clear. Even if he had died, he would have died with that. Do you know how they say that yeah. faith, the hope dies last or something like that? Mm. But I would like to think faith sh should die last yeah. with you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's a, a good place for us to wrap up. I just want to thank you so much for writing out the episode with us. I hope it was helpful to you. It was definitely helpful to us. And mm -hmm. uh, we look forward to catching you guys again next week for another episode. All right. Bye. Bye. 
And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.